Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Sports Travel Podcast, where we interview leaders in the sports event industry. This is Jason Gewertz, editor and publisher of Sports Travel, and our guest on this episode is Danny Martin, the co-founder and CEO of an amazing esports organization called eSposure that is helping not only the future professional players of video games, but perhaps even more importantly, the future employees in the esports event industry. We will be discussing his program and the new venue he's opened near Dallas to make his life long dream a reality. It's an incredible conversation and indicative of where the esports industry is likely headed in the future. Danny will also be a featured presenter at our Esports Travel Summit in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, December 14th through the 16th, which will be held at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center. More information on Danny and the rest of our fantastic program can be found at esportstravelsummit.com. But before we continue, this episode of the Sports Travel Podcast is being sponsored by the Virginia Beach Sports Center, the East Coast's newest and largest indoor sports complex. The venue features 285,000 square feet of state-of-the-art facilities with 5,000 spectator seats, all less than a mile from the ocean, 12 basketball courts, 24 volleyball courts, an amazing 200-meter hydraulic bank running track, and more, just steps away from local shops, restaurants, the boardwalk, beaches, and over a thousand hotel rooms for every budget. To learn more about the center and everything Virginia Beach has to offer, visit vbsports.com to learn more. And now, on to the conversation. Danny Martin has known esports for years, even before the industry was calling itself esports. As he explains in our conversation, he was the guy who would fix video game consoles for his college classmates when things broke down. That led him eventually to organizing what essentially were esports tournaments from his dorm room or apartment, allowing him to assess all ends of what would soon become an industry in itself. Danny sees the long-term play now for the esports industry in developing not only elite athletes that can play in the professional professional leagues, but also all the behind-the-scenes professionals that we all know make live events possible. We're talking broadcasters, videographers, graphic designers, coders, event organizers, and now he's essentially built a technology platform, which is really a lab, where all of these aspects of the industry can live under one roof. Exposure is a company based near Dallas that offers a curriculum designed for high school students wanting to dive into all of these different specialties. And as of earlier this year, they can do it in an actual venue that Danny has built with his team, where events can be staged for competition and students can get hands-on experience learning the tricks of the trade. It's a concept that very well uh, will be able to extend to other communities, and it has Danny in touch with mayors and school boards and other civic leaders interested in learning more about the concept as a way to develop a whole new talent pipeline. In this conversation, we talk with Danny about his roots in esports, the development of his company, and why destinations should be thinking about about the youngest generations now as they're poised to become the future of the industry. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Danny Martin, welcome to the Sports Travel Podcast. Thank you so much. This is awesome. It's a pleasure to be able to talk about esports and how uh, individuals are impacting the community. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this discussion, Danny. We've been covering esports, of, of course, for years in sports travel, and uh, you will be part of our esports travel summit coming up in Pittsburgh uh, here in December, and we're happy to have you on the program. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, one of the reasons, Danny, that we were excited to uh, to feature you there and to talk with you today is, you know, what's been interesting following esports for a while 
is we're seeing this true evolution of the industry. Um, obviously, some things are still in their early stages re- relative to the traditional sports world, of course. <laughs> and yet, while uh, I think most of our audience is aware of the larger, you know, big scale esports events that, that that they see streamed or they they see footage of, uh, there's so much happening right now at that sort of grassroots level with organizations like yours that are doing some amazing things right now to kind of develop the future players, the future employees, the, the, yes. everyone who's going to be involved in that industry. So we're going to talk about your your company, Exposure, Danny. But before we even start, what's what's your background? How did you get into uh, gaming? What's your, your background with the video games and esports? How, how did it start for you? For sure. Uh, I'll definitely keep it short and sweet. Uh, <laughs> for me, it was in college and focusing on uh, modding and also that of repairing consoles as a hobby. Um, and when someone gives me their console to repair on a college campus, uh, they have games inside of that console. And actively, I would look at those games and say, wow, I can host a tournament around these games. And typically, I would see someone with a Madden or a Street Fighter, and I would run a tournament on campus. And that allowed me quickly to recognize that esports uh, tournament organizers are the the pillars of the actual industry. They interact with the management side, the marketing side, the technology side, the production side, the actual competition side of esports. And, you know, I really looked at being able to help tournament organizers because I feel as if like with more tournament organizers, you give gamers more opportunities to showcase their skills and develop their portfolios by saying, hey, I've entered into these tournaments. This is my actual level of play. And hopefully I could be able to be on some esports organization from a professional perspective one day. And so that's when we really started. And, you know, I looked at that element of like, how do I take this into and create it into a technological platform to inspire and help other tournament organizers. And that's when we quickly recognize that it's more than just the tournament organizers, it's more than just the actual competitive gamers. And we really started to leverage our technology platform to educate individuals within this space due to the fact that the talent pipeline has not yet been built in regards to that of traditional sports. When you think of individuals going from middle school to playing in high school, to going to college, to going to the pros, in esports, it was almost like going straight to the pros if you're in the actual community from right. a grassroots perspective. And, you know, s- slowly, this is was when I started was in 2011. So it's 2021 right now. So about 10 years. At that point, there was no infrastructure. I mean, there was even no esports organization or club on our school campus from University of Texas at San Antonio. So now come in the last two years, they have an esports program now, (laughs) right? right? So that's eight years of evolution. And most schools, college institutions are experiencing the exact same thing. So that's great because now the colleges get a chance to inspire the high schools, the high schools get get a chance to inspire the middle schools in regards to creating programs. And that's what creates the pipeline to make it easier for professional organizations to find talent. So we just happen to like be in the middle of all of that at the beginning. And now, you know, organizations are looking at us as, you know, trying to identify the next graphic designer or the next professional gamer or the next production technician or in a whole host of other careers that are out there. Right. Your own former campus doesn't need the uh, Danny Martin <laughs> go-to guy to uh, fix their consoles anymore. It sounds like they're, they're much yeah. more set up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So uh, we talked about your company, Exposure, And, uh, you know, if someone were to look on your website, they see you involved in just this incredible range of things, uh, you know, esports education, production and studio services, 
yeah. uh, you know, offering help for the competitive gaming experience. Uh, what's the description of what it is exactly that, that you're doing? Yes. So I like to say, you know, we're an ed tech company. I have an expansive background of technology and spending uh, several years in San Francisco, Silicon Valley, working with tech startups. And so from our perspective, more than anything, it's the tech platform. It's the software that we have that we're developing and constantly reiterating and constantly uh, enhancing for the experience of that of any individual that's within this space. Uh, so for us, we look at it as an ed tech platform that provides immersive experiences for individuals seeking to be in the East sports industry to showcase their portfolios to individuals within the esports and even outside of the esports industry when it comes down to showcasing their skills. And so for us, we do that in two ways, right? We do that one by way of our facility. I'm a person where I've started in my dorm room and, you know, created esports uh, arenas out of my basement of my <laughs> loft. And now we have this awesome 8,000 square foot esports arena. So in this instance, it's about way of letting the community in our Dallas area and DFW area to say, hey, I am now interested in esports. Can I at least come take a look at what an esports company looks like and also engage with the activities and the events that the esports company provides? So this is kind of stems into the actual production, right? So for us, we're not a normal uh, esports space where we are land center, where individuals get to come in and just play games. We're more so of an education center and an actual event center. So it allows our events coordination team. It allows our content team. It allows our production team, our marketing team, our education team, our dev team to all come together to create a inspiring events for our community. So we can leverage this facility to that of do workshops for parents. We can leverage this facility to do competitions for individuals who are seeking to go pro, we can leverage this, this, this environment for our staff and to allow students to come in and learn from our staff. What is it like to be able to, as a student, if you're in high school or middle school, to come in and hear what goes on behind the scenes for individuals who are doing graphic designing or individuals who are event coordinating? What is it like to get a client and like NFL or NBA and you have to be able to produce an event for them? These students that are coming inside of our facility can actively hear from individuals that are doing it. And when you get inspired, when you're hearing somebody that does it, you say, wow, this is possible. And then they actively can say, OK, well, I want to now learn more. And when someone has the itch to learn more, now they can actively get better inside of this space, which can ultimately help esports organizations and non-endemic organizations just as much. So this space is more of an education center for us. Right. And Danny, who's the target market? Is it high school students? You mentioned even middle school students. Is it college students? A little of, of all these people who's, yeah, who's coming in? A little of all, but a hyper focus on high school. And the reason why is that uh, juniors and seniors in high schools have to make three. They can make three choices. They can say, hey, I want to go to a college. So ultimately for us as a company, it's, it's critical for us to go to colleges that are offering esports scholarships or colleges that are looking to offer esports scholarships so we can help them or that of going to the armed forces. You have Army, Marines, USO, Navy. They have esports pro programs and esports clubs and teams, and they're looking at individuals who are competing and working in the esports space from a recruiting perspective. And then the last option is that of organizations entities like eFuse and NBA and esports organizations like that of Team Envy and FaZe Clan and Luminosity. They all need a talent pipeline. They're looking for the next talent. So for us, high school students allows us to be able to say, here's the 
partnerships that we've made. Here's the internships that are being provided. And we can actively allow them to actually have immersive experiences through our programs that we offer here at eSposure. So therefore, it can make it easier for those recruiters or the eSports organizations or the non-endemic organizations to say, all right, I trust that this individual is one, passionate about what they do, but most importantly, they know a little bit about how to do it. And that's all that matters for someone to be able to take a chance on you. And so how is this working? Are individual students coming in to, to take classes? Are you doing this at a school district-wide level? Like how, how are you going about finding people or are they just finding you? Yeah, that's so awesome as a question. So we build an edtech platform, which is essentially a learning management system, but we like to call it a learning management ecosystem because typically when you think of platforms that are learning management system, you install courses and then you take assessments and you get a certificate. Well, we recognize quickly that the esports space is growing so fast and the individuals within the space want more, right? So in this instance, we really created functionality in our technology platform that allows the students to replicate what they would do on the outside world, whether that's learning how to social media strategy, learning how to be able to run a tournament, learning all the components on graphic design and production, our programs. So for an example, we have a four-week program that allows the students to simulate running their own esports organization. And in this instance, we break the students up into five, uh, into uh, groups of five. They mimic the roles of a general manager, a head coach, a marketing specialist, a production technician, and a software developer. And literally, they collaborate. And by the end of our programs, they can showcase their actual work by way of presentations and an actual micro website that they've actively built. So therefore, when they take that website, they can send it over to that of a school, an institution, armed services, or that of an endemic or non-endemic entity that's looking for uh, hiring students that have the actual capabilities to enhance their jobs. Yeah, it's so interesting, Danny. I mean, uh, as you know, particularly at the collegiate space, there's been just this explosion of interest. We're seeing more and more uh, collegiate programs put in place, but mostly at the player level. I mean, uh, you know, teams trying to to get uh, competitive players involved in certain games and and make that look like you would see a traditional sports uh, competition, college to college. But there really doesn't seem to be much uh, by way yet, or at least it's emerging right now. This other notion, in addition to that, which is wonderful, you know, for people who have the talent and actually want to compete in the games. This yeah. whole other ecosystem of uh, potential em- employees who will, yes. who are funding this on the event management side, on the production side, everything you've just mentioned, it, it seems like there's not a- as much right now, at least as, as I think nationwide, of a program yeah. like yours or, or that kind of infrastructure all the way down to the high school level. Uh, yeah. But I imagine we'll be seeing more Yes. <laughs> yes. Especially if we're in the space deal, <laughs> you know, then I think it's uh, it's also about making it, you know, um, shiny and making it, you know, cool, making a student feel as if like they're just as important as a competitive gamer. I know when I was in high school, this shiny was being the the uh, star athlete on the basketball team or the football team. And everybody wanted to do it. My family was like, let's go play basketball and go to the NBA. Well, if we can make the actual behind the scenes just as cool, then individuals will be OK with being the next graphic designer or the next marketing specialist. Like we need to make that cool because it's actually 
critical for this space. Um, as if the space is going to grow fast, these organizations are looking for talent outside of just the professional gaming realm. Now, I love to be able to speak on the, the importance of professional gaming. We've had over eight gamers turn pro out of our organization wow. already. So I love to talk to the actual community about the opportunities, but I also am real enough to say those gamers that have come out of our program that are now pro and making hundreds of thousands of dollars, these individuals are like Jordan coming out of high school straight into the NBA. Mm -hmm. It's not going to happen for everyone, but that's cool because it's a starting point. So when you think of schools and organizations that are starting with competition, that's great, right? Because what's going to happen is you're going to identify individuals who are not as good that are looking to do something else. And that's a great pipeline for that organization to say, okay, well, let's try graphic design or let's try videography or let's try that of development and coding an actual platform. This gives a great opportunity for us. We've passed the competition side and we're, rec we're recognizing that it's on our side, it's important to showcase the actual behind the scenes, the scenes that typically people don't think about. And that's one of the biggest eye openers for high schools and even parents. Parents are like, oh, OK, my, my kid is gaming. Oh, well, there's other career opportunities inside of this. OK, I accept it now. You know, like you see that come out when it, when it comes down to talking to parents. So we love to see it. Yeah, and it's so interesting. It's really not all that different from uh, what happens in traditional sports. I mean, uh, yep. as you know, the percentage of of uh, kids who play it at the collegiate level, so few of them are going to go on to compete professionally yes. uh, in their career. But if they have the excitement for sports, no different than esports, uh, it's, you know, what what an opportunity for them to see these other options that might be out there. Yes. And so, Danny, you've got a, a physical space there in mm -hmm. Dallas. How did that come about? Uh, what kind of venue uh, are you in? What was the process like to actually find Ooh. a uh, you know brick-and-mortar uh, establishment to make this dream a reality for you? Wow. Um, I've had several shots at this, <laughs> so it's not <laughs> my first rodeo, right? So, like, like I stated, like, starting out of my dorm room in college where I had individuals come in in my space running tournaments and asking them about like, hey, how do you like about this tournament? Or what's some pain points that you have? And or just watch me run a tournament to doing it out of my door, my basement, my loft in downtown Dallas. And then so for me, I've literally like understood what the actual need of an actual space is. And I'm from an era where esports stadium in Arlington, complexity gaming, maps gaming they all created large facilities and i looked at it as okay how can we actually create a facility to nurture the talent of tournament organizers because if you don't have tournament organizers you can't expect that your facility is going to be filled with thousands of fans somebody has to run that somebody has to be developed to actually be able to occupy a large stadium and so if there's no tournament organizers somebody has to create them so you create them by giving them smaller facilities, like give them an opportunity to have 10 individuals in their tournament and then 50 individuals in their tournament, then 100, then maybe you get to 2,000 or 4,000. And now we become a support system for the arenas in our area. So that's how I always look at it, is how, how can eSposure add value to the individuals and entities that are already in the industry that are also trying to, to succeed just as much. So when I think about our facility, yes, it's a, it's a place for our staff to work because we are a tech company and we do events and 
our events is incorporated into our esports programs for students. But also outside of those programs, we love to allow individuals to come in and host their own tournaments and host their own events and, you know, and grow within the actual esports space. And a lot of times it's hard for individuals to even find a venue that's capable for the esports space. That venue needs to have lighting. That venue needs to have production to where you can stream. That venue needs to have seating so the parents or the spectators can sit and enjoy the experience. So all of those elements you really do not find in actually conventions or you do not find that of even and 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 you see them in large esports arenas but in this instance you 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 start to think about can i even afford that right and so we want to make it more affordable for individuals to have that same type of experience um, at, a, at a at a smaller venue so i like to look at an eight thousand square foot venue more than that of a hundred thousand square foot venues and if you have an eight thousand square foot venue that can be more replicable uh to that of different geographic locations all across the world. You're listening to the Sports Travel Podcast. This episode is being sponsored by the Virginia Beach Sports Center, the East Coast's newest and largest indoor sports complex. The venue features 285,000 square feet of state-of-the-art facilities with 5,000 spectator seats all less than a mile from the ocean, 12 basketball courts, 24 volleyball courts, an amazing 200-meter hydraulic bank running track, and more. Just steps away from local shops, restaurants, the boardwalk, beaches, and over 1,000 hotel rooms for every budget. To learn Learn more about the center and everything Virginia Beach has to offer, visit vbsports.com to learn more. And now, back to the conversation. And so uh, you're obviously in the Dallas area, as, as you mentioned. I mean, is there an opportunity here, Danny? I know you just opened the, you know, your, your place here, but I mean, as you think about this, obviously Dallas isn't unique in, in having an interest, uh, you know, an, an interested community in esports. What are your plans here? I mean, is this a, a kind of model that you could see growing beyond your area in the future? Very much so. Uh, we just announced a partnership with Lunch Life International, which is an ed tech company that has a franchise model with over 290 franchises in UK, Canada, and also United States. Well, they've brought us on as their esports arm. So we're going to actively replicate what we've done here in DFW and span it across the actual uh, United States, UK, and also Canada as well. So we have a pipeline to launch our facility and the model that is being built here with the engine being our technology platform. So we want to make sure that someone who's interested in having the same success that we're having right now has the actual engine that powers this facility. Because I've experienced open up a facility without a technology platform and trying to get the community to come in. It's just very difficult. So in this instance, I'll recognize that if we can actually have an engine that powers it, we can really be able to allow a lot more success and also participation within the actual facility. And so this is one thing that we're going to be offering to UK, Canada, United States in regards to uh, the model that we have here at East Bozier because the pipeline that we've created is important to the overall industry and individuals who are looking to be able to engage with their particular school systems in their geographic location or the organizations in their geographic location like Big Brothers, Big Sisters, Boys and Girls Club, all of the different organizations that are looking to impact communities that are low economic, communities that have affluence, uh, all sorts. We are looking to be able to provide an ecosystem for them to be able to impact their community 
communities. Danny, let me take a kind of a broader uh, look here. I know you've been in city halls talking to mayors. You've been, to, <laughs> you know, at school boards talking to school districts. What uh, what kind of response do you get from them when you start talking about esports? I mean, uh, I know it's hard to generalize, but you know, are you finding that the different areas you talk to that people are are getting it right away, or that it's still a learning curve to open up the eyes of, of people as to what this broader industry is? Wow, JC, you have some awesome questions. So one <laughs> of the coolest things right now is that we had to, so so going back, we had to build a space. Like when we recognized that Mavs Gaming complexity, and Mavs Gaming was in the east of our, our city, uh, complexity was in the north, and Esports Stadium in Arlington, which is 100,000 square foot space, was in the actual west area, but nothing in the south. South of Dallas is lower economic, right? So I looked at it as like, okay, if I go build a space in that area, this can be the space where parents and educators and CTE directors can come in and actually see what esports is before they implement it into their schools, right? And so I look at it as a perspective of like, this has to be a almost like a show showroom so individuals can touch and feel and see what esports is like. And so when it came down to like the mayors and the city councils, there was an instance where I literally had to trick the actual uh, mayors and city councils of our cities to where we actually it was a it was a venue. So they were looking around like, hey, what venues can we rent out to do our uh, leadership meetings, you know, amongst our mayors, amongst our councils? So I was like, yes, you can do it here. And little did they know i incorporated an esports event so i had our event coordinators coordinator say all right here's the running show that's going to happen here let's actually install a actual competition on the stage amongst the mayors and see how they actually react to it well the mayors when it came time to be able to say hey all right guys this you had your leadership event now it's time to get on the stage. We position the actual stage with Rocket League and we want the mayor of DeSoto. We want the mayor of Lancaster. We want the mayor of Cedar Hill. We want the mayor of Duncanville to get on stage and play. And so they're looking like, what? Like, what? This was not in the run of show. And they can't do anything about it because their friends and their other uh, their colleagues are like taking pictures and like, uh oh, let's see if the mayor's going to do it. So for them, they're like, all right, let's go do it. We got to do it. And when they get a chance to be on the stage and play and shoutcast, it's like, wow, we see why our youth are engaging in gaming. It's fun. It's collaborative. It's team bonding. And at that point, a mayor can say, all right, let's go talk to the, you know, councilman, councilman, let's talk to the superintendents, superintendents, let's talk to the teachers, you know, and teachers, let's talk to the parents, parents, let's talk to the students. And then it just creates a cycle from that perspective of individuals buying in. So when parents come to the space, they're like, wow, I didn't see that this was just I saw that it was just gaming, but now I see that it's way more and it's more rela relation to STEM. It's more relation to careers and all of these things that my son or daughter is interacting with. I can see them learning more and being successful in the space. As you know, Danny, our audience consists of quite a few destinations, convention bureaus, sports commissions that are out there, some of whom are pretty far along in the esports world, some of whom are just dipping their toes into it or trying to yes. figure out how they can bring events there. What, what, if anything, is your message to some of these cities, Danny, about just the, the esports ecosystem? I mean, they're obviously all interested, of course, in bringing events into their communities for the economic impact that comes with that, of course. But uh, I mean, obviously, from this discussion, and, and as, as we know, there's there's a lot more to it as well, but do, do you have any message to them as to what they should be thinking about as they think about esports, you know, yeah. and, and sort of the, the the bigger picture here in addition to the the events, uh, you know, that they might be able to bring in? 
Yes, for sure. Look at an event space in regards to esports as also an education space. If you're starting an actual facility or you bring an actual event to your particular geographic location, you need to know that it's necessary to allocate resources to educate your community first and get the buy-in. Get the buy-in is the biggest component that you would have. And once you have the buy-in, you can do so many cool events and activations. You can start bringing professional gamers and influencers and content creators to your space to add value to your community. You can also be able to do uh, several different styles of events, even outside of the esports space. So think about it as like having a venue and the impact and the resources of esports can actively enhance other events that are not esports related just because of the components that we need to actively put together and facilitate an esports event. The cool things that everyone and the kids are seeing when they're watching an actual uh, event or tournament in the physical realm or even on a virtual realm via that of Twitch or Facebook gaming or such that takes a lot of effort and ultimately it's a lot of reward that comes out of it but it also requires a sense of educating your community first you just can't slap it in there and think that everybody's just going to come because you see the actual data metrics of all individuals that are looking at esports and the amount of viewers no it's still going to require educating your community so leverage the space as an educational platform to get the community's buy-in and once the community buys in then you have an opportunity to to really activate the space how you would want it. Yeah, I think that's tremendous advice. And I think, Danny, you know, I can think of a few people who are uh, leveraging that and taking advantage of that is, you know, better than than you. I mean, you guys have built something pretty pretty impressive there. And, and it's fascinating just seeing, as we said at the outset, just the infrastructure here growing uh, for the industry and, and uh, setting people up in those early stages to, uh, you know, think about a career because those are the people who are going to be behind the scenes uh, yep. making all of these events happen down the road. So, you know, congratulations to you uh, and the team there in Dallas. It's exciting to think about your your venue finally online and uh, exciting, again, that you'll be with us in, in Pittsburgh. So hopefully yes. people will be there with us to hear even more of, uh, of how you've done what you've done and get to meet you uh, a little bit as well. So, you know, Danny, I appreciate you taking the, the time out today. <laughs> To, uh, sure. to talk to us and uh, would love to stay in touch and kind of see where you guys are. I have a feeling three years, five years from now, uh, it's going to be pretty amazing to see what exposure has become based wow. on, on the uh, track record that you guys have so far. So congratulations on, on all of that. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. And thank you for the awesome questions, like the very engaging and very community and educational direction that you are, uh, that you're moving in regards to the questions that you've asked. So supremely good job. Excellent. Well, I appreciate that. Thanks so much, Danny. And uh, we, uh, if people want to find out more information about eSposure, how, how can they uh, get some info on what you're up to? Yes, uh, you can definitely go to eSposure.gg. I would also supremely advocate for LinkedIn um, and not just to follow me, but most importantly, if you look at me on LinkedIn, most importantly, go to the activity and see individuals that I interact with via LinkedIn. And it'll give you an open door to the actual space and it will expedite your education in regards to what's transpiring in the space and who are the companies that are actively uh, providing internships, who are the companies that are doing events, who are the companies that are providing um, educational opportunities like that of Esports Travel Summit. So this is all that's transpiring. So I would definitely say, look at the activity within the actual uh, LinkedIn platform or go directly to eSposure.gg. Perfect. All right. Well, Danny, thank you so much for being on the podcast and uh, looking forward to staying in touch. Yes, yes. Thank you so much, Jason. 
This has been another edition of the Sports Travel Podcast. As a reminder, Danny Martin will be a featured presenter at the Esports Travel Summit in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, December 14th through the 16th. You can find more information about the summit at esportstravelsummit.com. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe to our podcast on all your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Past episodes are also available at sportstravelmagazine.com, which features regularly updated breaking news and in-depth features on stories related to the sports events industry. Be sure to visit us daily at sportstravelmagazine.com, at sportstravel on Twitter and Instagram, and at sportstravelmagazine on Facebook and LinkedIn. Until then, this is Jason Gewurz for Sports Travel, and thanks for listening.